Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 26th of July. NRL club the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles have been thrown into chaos after a number of players reportedly stood down from Thursday night's game against the Roosters over the club's pride jersey. Manly has replaced the white stripes on their jersey with rainbow colours, with the players refusing to wear it because of their religious beliefs. NRL legend Phil Gould telling Channel 9 he didn't expect the players to boycott the match. Religion is very, very important to these people and the beliefs of those religions, and particularly the Pacific Island boys. Uh, I guess they were probably just taken aback by it. Uh, it would be a fairly drastic action if they didn't play for their club this weekend. And we'll have more on this story shortly in sport. Meantime, police are now investigating a scuffle between former New South Wales Deputy Premier John Barillaro and a cameraman on Sydney's northern beaches. Mr Barillaro alleges he was being harassed by the cameraman and a reporter while out with friends in Manly on Saturday evening. It comes amid ongoing scrutiny over the former leader's appointment to an overseas trade role. Inflation, foot and mouth disease and climate change are set to be top of the agenda today when Federal Parliament sits for the first time since the election. It will mark Anthony Albanese's first sitting as Prime Minister with 18 pieces of legislation set to be introduced this week under the new look Labor government. Environment and Water Minister Tanya Plibersek says it will be great to be part of the most diverse parliament in Australia's history. More than half women. In fact, the Labor caucus is 52% female in this parliament. That really is the first time ever that we've seen a government actually majority female. Of the 20 newly elected members and senators, uh, about half of them are either First Nations Australians or from a culturally and linguistically diverse background. Nationals leader David Littleproud says the coalition will hold the new government to account on a number of important issues. We want to be constructive as best we can. In fact, I tried to be constructive in asking for a national energy summit. But I think what's important is that the government can demonstrate they're interested in foot and mouth disease, that they're going to act more swiftly than what they have. They've left huge vulnerabilities at our borders with people just walking through without being checked despite declaring. Former Prime Minister Scott Morrison will miss the first week of Parliament to attend a speaking event in Japan. Meantime, the federal government is still coming under fire over its plans to scrap the construction watchdog. The move to abolish the Australian Building and Construction Commission has been welcomed by the unions, which say it will allow them to freely bargain under the Fair Work Act. His National Secretary of the CFMEU, Dave Noonan, speaking on Channel 10. Serious safety breaches go unpunished Wage theft goes unpunished by a regulator which was set up under John Howard and kept by successive governments purely to try and take away workers' rights to have a strong and effective union. But the CEO of Master Builders, Danita Wan, says it could see the construction industry fall into chaos with unions dictating what happens on sites. The unions have a history of uh, bullying and harassing people into agreements that may not reflect the um, economic reality of the time. We will see cost increases flow through, mainly unfortunately to the taxpayer who are paying for large amounts of construction at the moment. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To WA first, and the search continues north of Perth for a man who failed to return from a fishing trip. 
Ian Gray was reported missing on Sunday night. It's one of two searches that have taken place off WA's coast and our reporter Emma Griffiths has the details from Perth. Yeah, that's right, Taj. Police admit they hold grave fears for a Perth fisherman who's missing off Greenhead near Durian Bay. The search for Ian Gray is set to resume at first light this morning, but adverse weather and a strong swell are causing concern for crews. Acting Superintendent John Monday says they're worried about the 46-year-old's welfare. Every minute that goes past, um, it raises concerns for us because he is by himself. We are we are unsure of exactly what safety gear he does have on the boat. Family have have told us that he has basic safety gear. The search is one of two that kicked off over the weekend with the crew member of a bulk carrier found in the ocean near Geraldton after spending 14 hours lost at sea. He was plucked from the water 24 kilometres from the vessel he was working on and has undergone an assessment in hospital. To Victoria now and the 2022 Commonwealth Games are about to kick off in Birmingham. But in Bendigo, the community is already planning for 2026 when Australia hosts the competition. Our reporter Tamara Clark has more from Central Victoria. That's right, Tash. The city of Greater Bendigo is pouring $600,000 into the Bendigo Gallery, saying it's going to be a culture hub during the Games. The announcement is coming off the back of the Elvis Direct from Graceland exhibition, which brought over 219,000 visitors to the site. 86% of those were from out of town. The state government's already injected 560 grand towards the upgrades. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips and the Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Interesting to note the combination of inflation and higher rates is already biting with the latest data showing retail spending is starting to slow. Tash, good morning. Yeah, and look, not a surprise, not even necessarily bad news, depending on which way you look at it. This is exactly what the RBA is trying to do, of course, which sounds a bit strange when you've got central bank trying to slow down an economy, but that's how they're hoping to fix the inflation problem. So on one hand, we say, well, it's not great for small and large businesses, for workers and all that kind of stuff. That's absolutely true. On the other hand, hopefully, It might be a precursor to inflation starting to flatten those numbers out on Wednesday this week. But yeah, fingers crossed it might do something. The other good news, I think, is some of these categories like uh, retail in particular, uh, home furnishings, they're down a bit over the last couple of months, but still up about a third on January 2020, of course, which was that time before we knew what COVID was. Um, So the economy is still doing really, really well, even though it is starting to slow. And in the return of some form of normality continues, Scott, with flights and now reporting that capacity constraints rather than consumer confidence is the key to challenge with growth. Yeah, this is amazing. So Flight Centre put some numbers out yesterday saying they expect to lose a big, big amount of money, almost $200 million in the financial year just finished. And you say, well, that's not great news. And it's not. But the numbers are actually, if you break them down, in their second half, so January to June, they're actually expecting to break even. And the fourth quarter, so the second half of that second half, they're actually expecting to make a really nice profit. So that story of kind of travellers returning to the skies, we know, of course, some of the lines that have been outside Sydney airport Mm -hmm. terminals. Um, There's plenty of people flying again. And Graham Turner, the company's CEO, is actually saying it's not a question of people wanting to travel. It's the amount of seats that are available, seat miles, as the airline industry call it, that simply they don't have enough opportunity for people to get back into the skies. So, yeah, we're still having to live with COVID. There are still some issues with that, of course, but it does seem like we are maybe getting on with it and the uh, the travel numbers starting to show that as well. And Scott, this has rocked me. Big news this morning. It may be time to re-embrace the smashed avo on toast with the brekkie favourite bucking the inflation trend and falling to record lows. 
it falling to record low prices. The old smashed avo. Now a uh, bit, bit of intergenerational war. Let's kick something <laughs> off this morning. Uh, what, what, are, what are the boomers going to blame the millennials for now with smashed avo and toast being so cheap? Maybe it's the budget option. Maybe you actually afford a house by buying smashed avo rather than blaming people for doing that. I'm not sure if that's necessarily the case. It's simply a case of, and this is this is oh, agriculture is such a tough industry. Mm. There was such a boom in the old smashed avo and people eating avocados in general, plenty of avocados were then planted and guess what? You've now got a glut of them in the, in the industry. So plenty of avos to go around. Do yourself a favor, do the economy a favor, maybe even do a millennial a favor. Go and have a smashed avo on toast sometime this week or the weekend and do your bit for the farmers as well. Yeah, it's delicious. Win-win. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, as we mentioned earlier, the big story today are these reports that seven manly players are set to boycott Thursday's big clash with the Roosters because of the club's decision to wear a Pride jersey. Yeah, good morning, Tash. Massive story. Uh, Josh Alloyer, Jason Saab and Josh uh, Schuster are among those players who will refuse to play based on religious and cultural reasons. Now, apparently, Des Hasler, the coach, uh, is supporting their boycott. NRL reporter Paul Kent told Fox Sports the playing group was never consulted about the rainbow stripes being added to their jersey. Unlike Israel Folau, for example, who has caused all sorts of controversy with his own views, what's happened is the clubs impose their own politics on these players. And these players now have have been inadvertently embroiled in this scandal and they will be hopefully protected. Now, Manly's season is on the line, fighting for a place in the top eight. So we'll see if they change their position on this uh, throughout the day. Uh, some other big issues in the NRL at the moment, of course, uh, the Tigers weighing up their options. The NRL won't be apologising despite admitting the bunker got it wrong in awarding North Queensland a match-winning penalty. While the Cowboys were within their rights to use a captain's challenge, that penalty should never have been handed out according to the NRL. Former Tigers captain Aaron Woods uh, says his old club deserved to win. It's a poor decision and, you know, the Tigers were the better side on the day. It was just a really poor decision and what if the it was for the top four position or, or you know, minor premiership? We're so lucky that it wasn't, but it's just, I feel so sorry for the Tigers fans. And former Titans captain Kevin Proctor has been sacked by the club. A video emerged of him vaping in the change rooms during their club's loss to Canterbury over the weekend. Yeah, and Brett, the AFL is investigating Richmond coach Damien Hardwick over an incident during a VFL match. Yeah, the AFL is seeking further information. Uh, Damien Hardwick allegedly swore at an opposition player during that heated uh, reserves match over the weekend. It happened at quarter time. They were playing Williamstown. Now, the player who was allegedly verbally abused by Hardwick says there are no hard feelings, although Darby Henderson uh, described it as all a bit bizarre. Uh, still at the Tigers, Kane Lambert admits an ongoing hip injury hip issue contributed to his decision to announce his retirement after 135 games and three premierships. He says it's an injury he couldn't shake. I sort of knew it was going to be my last year. It's probably more closure today to be able to um, you know, get out in the open and be a little bit more truthful about the condition of my uh, my body. And Tassie's hopes for an AFL licence appear to be on shaky ground. The AFL is demanding they uh, stump up close to half a billion dollars to build a new stadium, something that the Tasmanian government says they are unable able to do at this stage. Yeah, absolutely, Brett. Massive day again. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tash. And Britain will host next year's Eurovision Song Contest on behalf of Ukraine because of the ongoing conflict in the country. The UK came second to Ukraine's Kulush Orchestra during last year's competition. <laughs>
Ukraine will instead automatically qualify for the grand final of the competition. The BBC will now stage the international event, which was last held in Britain in 1998. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Listener.